0: Hey there, smarty pants! Welcome to Tiny Sode number four, entitled Say What? And in this episode, we will analyze some turns of phrases that we use in our everyday lives. This one's gonna be a fun one, guys. Okay, so our first one is the saying, arm to the teeth. Now, this one goes all the way back to medieval times. And you see, back then, soldiers who were fighting would have so many weapons on them that they would actually carry some of them in their teeth, arm to the teeth. Balls to the wall. I'm sure everybody said that one at one point or another. And it means, you know, giving it all that you've got. Well, this one comes from airplane pilots. The ball that they're talking about was located above the controls for the throttle and the fuel, and if you move them forward in the direction of the front of the cockpit towards the wall, the plane went faster. So, balls to the wall. To bite the bullet. And this one pretty much means what it says. Back In the days before anesthetic and ether, soldiers who were wounded in battle would have a bullet put in their mouth to bite down during amputations and operations. To give someone the cold shoulder. And you know what? This one has nothing to do with turning your back. This one, again, hails back to the times where people were living in castles. And the least expensive cut of meat, like mutton, is the shoulder. So if somebody came to your castle and you didn't really care for them, you could passively, aggressively give them a cold shoulder to eat. Get your goat. This one has to do with horse racing. Apparently, horses that are kept in their stalls before a race would often have a goat as a companion in that stall because goats calm horses. So if you were to get someone's goat before a race, the horse might get agitated and not race well. And you could give yourself an edge in the race. Get your goat. Let the cat out of the bag. Okay, imagine that you're going to a marketplace uh, to sell a pig. And you put the little critter inside of a sack and you bring it to the marketplace. But let's say that instead of putting the pig in there, you put a cat instead of a pig and then tried to sell that. Well, if somebody opens up that bag and it's discovered, the cat is let out of the bag. Make the grade. And this one has nothing to do with your grades at school or your GPA or anything like that. But rather, it hails back to the times where they were building the railroads. And grade is short for gradient. So engineers needed to make sure that the locomotive that they were building could withstand or make these gradients. Make the grade. A white elephant. This one I love because it reminds me of my childhood. See, when I was a kid, my parents had, you know, different groups of friends, and they had this statue that was about five feet tall, and it was like a full-body knight in armor. And this was their white elephant gift, and every year someone would get stuck with it. I'm not really sure how, but when we got stuck with it, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, and my mom hated it. But in any case, a white elephant is basically known as a gift that nobody wants. And this originally referred to an actual white elephant, which is a very rare and revered animal in Thailand, which was even on their flag until 1917 and they were considered to be a luxurious and amazing gift you could give to somebody. But they were also crazy expensive to house and feed and would oftentimes end up putting the person who got the white elephant in financial ruin. So if there was somebody that you wanted to ruin, you could give them a white elephant. Rest on your laurels. And this one goes all the way back to ancient Greece and ancient Rome. You ever heard of Julius Caesar? Well, he wore a crown of laurels around his head. And back then, that came to signify status and achievement. And the people that wore them were called laureates. So if you rest on your laurels, it kind of means that you just sit back and coast on your past achievements for the rest of your life. To stand in the limelight. So this goes back to the early theater. And in 1816, a man named Thomas Drummond invents a stage light that's basically a tube that's full of lime and not the fruit lime, the chemical. And the lime was warmed with an incandescent flame to light it. So if you stood in the limelight, you could be seen. So everybody wanted to be in the limelight. Lock, stock, and barrel. Love this one. So this refers to a musket or a rifle, which basically consists of three parts a lock a stock of wood, and a barrel that's made of metal. All three of these parts must be working together for the tool to be effective. So, lock, stock, and barrel. Ooh, to get blackballed. This one also goes back to ancient times, when senators would often vote by either dropping a white stone or a black stone inside of a jar. Now, if whatever they were voting on got more black, than white votes well, they were black-bald. This has got to be one of my favorite ones. To go gaga? This one has to do with the famous French artist Paul Gauguin. And apparently he had many admirers of his work, and a lot of them had difficulty pronouncing his last name, much like I do, and they abbreviated their awe for his work with Gaga. Although other sources that I found argue this and say that it simply means fool in French. You be the judge. I like the first definition better. How about a shindig? You ever heard of a shindig? Well, this comes from square dancing. And usually, if there's a city slicker like myself coming into a square dance, they are pretty awkward and don't know what they're doing and they swing their feet and dig it into the shins of their partner. So that's how we got shindig. How about a blockbuster? You ever heard of one of those? Well, that comes from World War I and used to be a term to describe a bomb that could destroy an entire block. And when soldiers came back to America, they continued to say it, meaning anything that creates a giant impact, a blockbuster. And while we're talking about soldiers, how about AWOL? You know what a wall means? Well, I mean, you know what it means, but do you know what it stands for? It stands for Absent Without Official Leave. Ooh, how about this? You ever have to rack your brains for something? Well, that goes back to medieval times as well, specifically referring to torture. So I'm sure you've heard of a rack where tanners would stretch their leather. Well, in medieval times, they also used it to torture people. And while they were torturing people, they sometimes needed to get information out of them so they would rack their brains. Mmm, poppycock. You ever hear this? That's poppycock. Well, poppycock is a much nicer way of saying chicken shit, and it comes down to us from Charles F. Brown's 1858 book, Plain Dealer. You ever been called a moron? Well, you can thank the playwright Moliere for that, because he once wrote a play with a foolish character in it whose name was Moron. And it gained clinical acclaim in 1910. Here's another one that comes down to us from World War I. Flak. Anybody ever give you flak? Well, that comes from a German gun called Fliegerabwehrkanone that was used to shoot at planes. And pilots shortened it to flak. How about this? You ever have to show somebody the ropes? Well, that is a nautical term. Because when new sailors were brought onto a ship, the older, more experienced sailors would have to show them the ropes and what they did and what they were connected to. And finally, to steal one's thunder. And this one goes all the way back to the 1700s. There was this playwright by the name of John Dennis who had this play called Appius in Virginia, and it was produced at the Drury Lane Theater in London, and in the show, there was a part where there was supposed to be thunder, and John Dennis invented a new way of creating the sound of thunder uh, for a stage show. Because back then, they used all sorts of different methods for that kind of thing. They would put, you know, big metal balls in in like a metal trough and roll it around, or they would uh, grind lead inside of metal bowls, or they would shake sheets of thin metal, which I think is probably the easiest way to do. But in any case, John Dennis comes up with a way to do this, and that part of his play is awesome, but the play itself stinks, and it closes almost immediately. And shortly thereafter, there was a production of the Scottish play, otherwise known as Macbeth, And in it, they use his method for making thunder. And when John Dennis finds out about this, he is pissed. And he supposedly says, damn them. They will not let my play run, but they will steal my thunder. Although there are other accounts that say that instead he said, that is my thunder, by God, the villains will play my thunder, but not my play. But the sentiment is exactly the same, isn't it? Join us next time for another Tiny-Sode. If you'd like to help us keep the curiosities coming, please rate us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to visit scatteredcuriosities.com for exclusive free downloads and to donate to the show.